it's a long way to the top. But if you take it step by step, you'll make it. Let's climb that VO ladder with our hosts, Troy Holden and Will Vincent. And welcome back to the voiceover ladder. A couple of Looney Tunes here trying to guide you on your way in your voiceover startup and your career. I'm Troy Holden near Nashville, Tennessee, and that guy... Will Vincent, Central Minnesota. How you doing? Will, you got to be doing great because it's that time of year and, and, and uh, uh, rumor has it you're about to take a vacation. That's true. In fact, when people are listening to this episode, I will be sitting on the beach in Florida. That's awesome. That's awesome. I have not been in about five or six years, and I really need to go. Uh, this would be a good year to go, just in case things get busy next year and I can't go. Well, I could go, but you know how that is. <laughs> so today we're going to um, we're going to talk about voiceover finance, and we don't mean financing your voiceover career. We may talk about some of that, but we want to talk about all the nuts and bolts that go into kind of working for yourself and and if you're still working a day job and you're trying to get set up to where you can just work for yourself we're just going to touch on a lot of that today and and as we always say this is a bucket of opinions you know we're going to encourage you to get proper advice but we're going to talk about some things that we've either run into or know or know of and and please from there go go see somebody that really knows what they're doing that can help you um we, we know a little about everything, but a lot about nothing some days. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of all of this is that transitional part and setting yourself up to transition. That uh, I think that's where I've got the most interest because I feel like that's where I'm rocking the boat right now and trying to find my way. And uh, for me, it's been trying to decide when to invest and when not to invest in the growth of this business. And uh, everybody that's been listening knows, and both of us have been doing coaching and workshops and, you know, we've upgraded things. Uh, You've got a whisper room. Uh, I built a a version of a walk-in closet and tried to insulate it up and foam it up to where I wouldn't be sitting in a tent. And now I've realized I don't have an air conditioning vent in here and I'm going to freaking die. Um, But there's so many things you can be doing to get ready uh, to get out there full time. So we'll touch on that too. But uh, I know one of the things Will has talked about is setting yourself up in different ways, uh, LLCs and and things like that. Well, before we even get to that, let's start, let's start with that transition thing. That's a good place. A lot of people start doing voiceover while they're working a full-time job. Um, I am, you are. Lots of people do. And lots of people never go beyond that because maybe they just want to make a little extra money on the side. That's cool. But if you do want to go full time, the question always comes up, when do you know? When when is it time to pull the plug on the day job and go full time on VO? You know, not everybody's going to get thrown into it by being laid off or fired from their day job, which, well, unfortunate, there's something to be said for um, having to, to make the money to make ends meet, you know, right. Like if I don't get enough work, I'm not going to eat this week. There's something to be said for that. But how do you know when you're working for yourself and for somebody else, when it's time to stop working for somebody else and just do your own thing? Well, I think conventional wisdom makes a lot of sense here. And that is that 
when your day job is limiting the amount of money that you can make on your new venture. That's when you that's when you pull the plug. So that doesn't necessarily mean that the new venture has already caught up in earnings to the day job. But it's got to be on that trajectory. Otherwise, why, why would you do it? Um, <clears throat> but if you're getting to a point where, look, I can't book more because I'm not available to record during the day when, you know, studios want to connect and, and do live sessions and stuff like that, well, that's a big hindrance. You know, you, you could maybe take a day off here and there to do that, but you're not going to be able to do that long term. Oops, it's March, and I'll burn all my vacation. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's not even the end of January yet, and I've used my two weeks. You know, that's not sustainable. Uh, yeah. I'm guilty. Um, I've done it twice. I've done that twice already this year. I had to take a half a day and a full day. I mean, I had to because and the not, jo- that job demanded it. Right, and not everybody's as fortunate as I am to work from home already. So I work, you know, feet from my studio, and have a flexible schedule unless I have a meeting that I have to be in I'm able to get up and come in the booth and record and do whatever I need to do I spent the past two days working on my deck and then working you know at night to make up for it because it was finally sunny out Um, so that's kind of the main you know conventional wisdom as to when do you switch over I think it makes a lot of sense it does. It does. A lot of people want to put a financial number on it, and I just think that's hard to do. I mean, I've heard people say, when I'm making at least half, that means if I were here more, I could probably make what I make. Uh, maybe. that That's maybe not a bad way to look at it, but unless you have about three months of income put back, that's a heck of a, a, a dice roll right there to me because uh, most people are not able to sustain on half what they were making very long uh you just can't i mean our society is is not geared to where most of us have six months income put back and we can float it and make it Uh, so that's yeah that's just kind of risky um and, and i'm right there with you when it's totally interfering and you can't get to it and you're feeling that pressure and you're stressing yourself out at night and we know this, too, by Voices.com, and that is a great advantage to be working at home. You can hit some of those good auditions and get in on the front 20 or 30 people, um, whereas a lot of the, the stuff that I see in the afternoon already has 70 or 80 people. It's not that you're not going to get listened to. A lot of them still do. But it's something about by the time they get to number 70 or 80, they got to be really tired of listening to people. Well, now some of that depends a little bit because... If you're like a 90 or 100% voice match, there could be 100 people who've already responded. And if you respond, you'll still be at the top of the list, at least with the default sort, because by default, it puts voice match stuff higher. Um, and the other thing, too, is that if your sound is good, if you, know, if, if you give a good performance and you have good sound, there, there could be 100 other people who have submit and you'll still be in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear other auditions at times. Uh, I try to go through and listen to people's demos and uh, there's a few on there that I'm like, Ugh, but not, not that many. I mean, that competition's pretty stiff. There was a reposted job today for a motorcycle ad. It's a Harley Davidson ad. 
And they said the first go round, they didn't get the voice they were looking for. And uh, and they wanted, of course, a, a, a gritty, deep, blah, blah, blah. And I, I did that the first time. You know, I thought I did, but apparently wasn't what they wanted. And I went ahead and went for it the second time, but I did it differently than I did the first time. Um, I don't know how it'll do, but I thought that very odd that there were over 100 auditions for that job and they didn't find a fit. And that just tells you, like you just said, there's probably 50 of those that are really, really bad. Yeah, and it's probably not the performance. It might just be the sound. And, Mm -hmm. you know, their demo could still sound good because maybe they went and had a demo produced somewhere (laughs) and then they come home and their equipment at home just isn't up to snuff or they don't know how to EQ their sound or or whatever it is. Right, right. Uh, That's a topic for another day and and we should definitely cover that. But um, what else in terms of financial stuff? Taxes, investments, insurance. So like health insurance probably, right? Yeah, Um, that's probably a high, high risk. Yep, yep. But the health insurance is probably on a lot of people's minds because what if you're the you're the breadwinner, the health mm-hmm. insurance is through your job, yep. and what if your spouse or significant other does not have the ability to have that? If they do, you got an out. They can they can take it uh, through what's called change of life. If you leave your job, they can file a change of life scenario and instantly get insured. There's no loss, no missed coverage, no anything. Yep. But if your significant other doesn't have coverage and you've got to go out and buy insurance, wow. I mean, it can that, be daunting. It, it can be. I actually went through this a couple of years ago. So I had insurance through my employer and then I got laid off. Um, and suddenly didn't have insurance. And then I, and I didn't for a year or so. Um, Shortly after my son was born is when this happened. Um, So we didn't have insurance the whole first year of his life. We had it when he was born, and it didn't cover everything, even though it should have. Hmm. Um, So anyway, what we ended up doing is going to an insurance broker locally and getting getting on a plan, just a personal plan. It covers the whole family, myself, my wife, and my son. Um, and it's about a thousand dollars a month. And, uh, you know, luckily my current employer, it's, it's an interesting situation. I'm technically a contractor. I get a 1099, um, but they pay me a a monthly stipend for the insurance. Um, but it is my own. It's not a company provided plan. Uh, And then I have a separate dental plan that's hundred 20 a month or something like that um so yeah it's a chunk but you know if if you can budget for it and it just becomes part of your deal then that's you know that's part of your number and you just got to make sure that that's included in wherever your cutover price is when you go out on your own and the important thing to keep in mind if you're going to do voiceover specifically only just voiceover you're going to have up months and down months so hopefully you don't have months that are zero, but you certainly might have months where you don't have enough coming in to cover all the bills for the month. So you're, you're going to have to make sure that when you've got a good month, you set enough aside to get through those ebbs and flows and have enough to pay taxes 
Right. Because I, I heard that's somebody the unfortunate say, uh, truth. I heard somebody say the other day that when they can, they always try to stay a month or even two months ahead. And I know there's a lot of things you can't pay ahead, you know, uh, because of they'll apply it to the principal and they want to apply it as a payment. And I get that. But it, you can always, I had an uncle who lived his life with a shoebox full of envelopes. And that was how he paid his bills. He, he knew he had a, an electric bill and a phone bill and whatever he had, and he would put it in there for the month. And if he was a little ahead, he'd put it next month in, in his next month folder. He'd have 12 months of envelopes in there for all his stuff. And it's old-fashioned, yeah. but it worked. I mean, it worked mm-hmm. really well. And, well, and that's, uh, certainly better, that's certainly better than prepaying it. Right, um, right. You know, because if you prepay something, they're going to invested or whatever it is they do and they're making you know interest on that that you're not not that not that you can get any sort of a interest bearing savings account that pays anything worth a damn anymore it's all like 0.001 percent or whatever but uh you know point being you shouldn't be giving people free loans essentially by giving them money ahead of time um and if something comes up that you absolutely need the money for It'd be better to have it, right? Right. Um, and things. So from up. that, from that standpoint, in terms of saving, I would say ideally, you want a couple months of monthly expenses in the bank that you just sit on. That's there. That's your safety net to get you through, you know, slow periods or, or whatever. And you probably want an additional thousand dollars or more in an emergency fund that just sits there and only ever gets touched if something major happens. Your water heater blows up. Your your uh, head gasket goes on your car. Whatever it is, right? Some major expense that you were not expecting. <laughs> your interface for us. <laughs> yeah, but you should have a spare anyway. Yeah, and there's no true. excuse not to have a spare. A Scarlet is, you know, what, 200 bucks and... Yeah. Put it on the shelf and it'll it'll yep. do you fine. Yep. Just because I'm a I'm a junkie, I've got two spares right now, but that's okay. That'll be fine. They're there I if I need too. them. Hopefully, I never need them. Well, I will one I, day. Something will I blow do up. too. I've got one on my other computer that I could certainly move back in here. It was my previous one, mm-hmm. and then I got another one for traveling with. That, you know, obviously I could use in a pinch here. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not a bad thing. Um, the other thing we kind of touched on earlier before we jumped on was was savings and 401ks. And depending on how you set yourself up as a business, there's there's advantages when you get to rolling that if you're set up properly. Yeah. So if you, I'm pretty sure you can do it as an LLC. Um, pretty sure you can set up a 401k as an LLC. I don't believe you can as a sole proprietor without a business entity. Um that I don't know if you can do a company match as an LLC or if you would have to be, you know, an S corp or a C corp, or if there's requirements for however many employees have to be there to be able to do that. Anyway, it's things to look into, but if you have a business entity, you should be able to set up a 401k. If you can't set up a 401k, you absolutely should set up an IRA, a Roth IRA. Yes, absolutely. And yep. even if you have a 401k, you should set up a Roth IRA. 
Um, and, you know, we, we recommend things sometimes that we've done or we've been around in our lives. And this is, I don't know how popular this is other places, but Modern Woodman is a company that does a lot of that. And I've had them forever. Oh, I mean, forever. We've got, uh, uh, we've got a Roth with them. We've got, uh, heck, I can't think of this other account. We've got about three different accounts. And one of them, when we got it, it, it was guaranteed for life at 5%. There's nothing out there anymore that pays that. And, you know, we, we try to put money into that when we can because it pays decent. Um, but there are some, some little niche companies out there that you can get with that'll help you. There's, you know, even local stuff. I know we got local people here that we feed off Dave Ramsey here because he's local. And there's a lot of companies that feed off of that and set up and mimic what he does. Primerica is one of them, and I can't think of the others. But uh, And he, I think he was actually involved when that started up. But um, use, you know, use your noggin and, and, you know, even if you don't set up as an LLC or whatever, like Will said, go, go get the proper type of things to put money back because things are going to happen. You're going to get older. You're going to need something to fall back on. And now there's not a retirement and there's not this or that. You're working for you. So you've got to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are uh, funds that you can invest in and you would do this through your 401k and or IRA or even just direct in the stock market um, that average 10%. So those are great things to invest. Real, Realty-based funds and there's, there's, there's a handful of them. Any good investor uh, advisor is going to be able to point you at the, in the right direction. Um, in terms of 401ks, when I had one, um, I signed up with Bloom. It's Bloom with three O's. Uh, they manage your 401k for you, and they'll move stuff around. And you basically you tell them like how um, how risky you're willing to be with it, and they'll allocate things and reallocate things, you know, monthly or, or whatever periodically to get the best performance out of it and it's they're fantastic yeah the that's price better was, than guessing a lot yeah, better the than price guessing. the price was reasonable i didn't have to think about it i think it was like 15 or 20 bucks a month i didn't have to think about it mm-hmm. and it was growing without adding any money to it it was growing yeah that's great so, that's um, great i very highly recommend them they're wonderful wonderful to deal with they actually have a special going on right now too it's uh i don't know what it is but i got some emails about it um, that's, that's neat. I have not heard of that before. I, I've uh, I've always uh, semi self managed. I've relied on the uh, the companies that were carrying the the accounts at times, and it's it's done okay, uh, but nothing spectacular. I've heard other people that have done a lot better, and I, and I, I would have been nice to have had a little better guidance because I'm you know that's not what I do. So if it's what they do and they're good at it, heck yeah pay somebody to do that stuff that's that's what it's all about my uh, my dad had a saying uh, god rest his soul he, <laughs> he said uh, invest in houses and lots and and he he bought a lot of real estate bought and sold a lot of real estate but uh, that's not what he meant <laughs> I, i'm sure you've heard the joke <laughs> what do you mean dad oh come on whole houses and lots of women <laughs> there you go <laughs> terrible um, and he wasn't so even just, the type of person to say things like that. He just liked the just, joke. 
looking at Bloom now again, um, their pricing structure has completely changed for when I used it a few years back. Um, now it's an annual price instead of a monthly price. And the standard, which is you wouldn't want less than that, is 120 bucks a year. So it's 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and they will manage your 401k, and they will make it grow. And I'm writing that down, Bloom with three O's. With three O's, yeah. It's yeah. B-L-O-O-O-M dot com. Yeah, that's neat. I'm going to check into that. Yep. Because um, we've, uh, we've got more tied up there than I'd like to have, but it's there, so it needs to be managed. So the next big thing is uh, taxes, everybody's favorite. But it's very timely because tax day is right around the corner, although it's been pushed. It's now a month later this year again, which is good. But otherwise, it you know, when this episode comes out, it would be, you know, just a week and a half away. So what can we do about taxes? Well, conveniently, as business owners, we can write a whole bunch of stuff off and save money, although you can do this anyway. But most people usually only take the standard deductions and you know, unless you're running business business activity, there's no, really no reason not to because generally you don't have enough other expenses to justify it. But uh, there's lots of things you can write off as a business. Number one, in your first year, you can deduct $5,000 as startup costs. So anything that you spend to start up your business, buying computers, buying paper, buying pens, uh, subscribing to services, getting a phone line, buying a cell phone, buying you know, whatever it is, as long as it falls into the startup cost bucket, which is anything that's necessary to get your business going, you can deduct that. $5,000 the first year. Anything beyond that, you have to depreciate over time. And ideally you just you get yourself a CPA because you don't need to you don't need this headache you, you got other things to worry about but some other things to be aware of um, advertising you can write off all of your marketing costs every year and that's you know any you know, traditional advertising in newspapers TV internet cable magazines Marketing activities, direct marketing, so costs associated with sending out emails or a service that sends out emails for you. Uh, promotional and public relation expenses. If you sponsor somebody's attendance to an event, for example, if you have promotional items created or printed, mugs, hats, t-shirts, pens, whatever it is, those costs, um, regular online Advertising, pay-per-click stuff, and SEO services to get people to your website. Website hosting costs, website maintenance costs, um, logo design, business cards, brochures, web web pages. Basically anything, as long as it's not associated with a political campaign. Um, <clears throat> and here's one other caveat I'm aware of: you can you can deduct the cost of adding signage to your car but you cannot deduct operating expenses of the vehicle as advertising just because there's a sign um, and in terms of other signs temporary signs can be deducted permanent signs that's something that's there for longer than a year is considered permanent um, 
you can depreciate the cost of installing it, but you can't, you can't claim, you know, yearly, you can't claim the, that, whatever. Um, what else can we deduct? Um, well, you can deduct square footage that you're using footage. in the home. Yep, uh, and a percentage of all the utilities. Yep, so absolutely. Even down to your cable, because you're mm -hmm. making commercials and you need to see those. Well, and your internet's probably through your cable too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So there you True. go. Um, at least mine is, and other people are DSL or fixed right. wireless or whatever. Now, but. And, and you were talking about signage on a car. Now, mm -hmm. if you have to drive somewhere to do voiceover, if you have to drive to a studio or go somewhere, keep up with that mileage, but be daggum yep. sure you write down everything, who it was, yep. what the project was, everything, because they are very picky on mileage. Yeah, if you get audited for any, t any time, you need to be able to prove all of these deductions. So save all your receipts, make very detailed logs. If you're deducting mileage, you need to have a logbook, a dedicated logbook that shows start mileage and end mileage and date and all that stuff. And some kind of description because yep. I, I, I got busted on that 10 years ago. It cost me almost $9,000 for not having the descriptions down for every, all the business mileage. And I was in real estate. I mean, so what else was I do, uh, doing? Showing a house, you know, I'd, and I'd write showing a house. What was the address? Who was the client? And they, they hosed me on that because I had, there was nothing else to hose me on. So they hosed me on that. So yeah, that was probably somebody that was kind of grumpy. Just looking to absolutely, absolutely you know. grumpy. Yeah, uh, as I much had, uh, as possible. But I had lawnmowers because I had to cut rental properties, and mm -hmm. I had two, and one was at the house and one was somewhere else. And I showed him the one out in the storage barn. He said, "Where's the other one?" I said, "It's you know about six miles from here. We can go see it. It's you know I just somebody else helps me and I keep it at their house." And he really didn't believe that mower was there, and I had to drive him over there the six miles and show it to him because they were identical <laughs> mowers. I bought them both at the same time. What a jerk! Jeez. What a yeah, jerk the guy sure. was. Unbelievable. Uh, and two, don't uh, forget all of your platform fees. Anything yep. that you pay, you know, if you're on Voices123 or Voice123, uh, Voices.com, whatever you're on, all that stuff you pay is deductible. Um, yep. Gosh, there was something else I had on my mind, which I, you already covered, like the startup costs. But if you have pieces of equipment that play out and you got to replace them, uh, most of that should be... I think if I remember right in there, like an amount per year, as long as you don't go over that amount, you can write it off that year. But if it's over a certain amount, you have to carry it, I think. Yeah, I think it depends on what it is. Um, and again, this is a perfect reason why you need a CPA because yeah, you absolutely. could try and wade through this stuff and figure it out yourself. Documentation exists, but if you've ever seen the tax code, the book is like several feet thick. Mm-hmm. You don't need to figure that out yourself. There are people who are very, very, very good. Right. And that's all they do, and they love to do it. Yep, yep. Let them do it, you know? Yeah, you just, just bring keep, them your info. Keep good records. You know, I I even go back through my my checking statements because it's very difficult sometimes to get everything down. So I'll go through my checking statement, and I'll uh, I print them off. Uh, at, the, at the end of the year, I print all 12 months off, and I'll go through with a highlighter to see if there's something maybe I didn't have a receipt for or I missed it. 
Oh, man, and, I wouldn't even wait that long. Try to do yeah. it monthly. Yeah, it would be easier to do it monthly. But it, what's really easy, the, the stuff that I'm talking about, it's all farm-related. So all I'm looking for is TSC or co-op or whatever, and I go through real quick and highlight those. Because we buy so much on a debit card. We don't, you know, we don't write checks anymore. People hardly do that anymore. So I don't have all those canceled checks. I could go through and hear all these receipts, you know. I've, so this is, uh, yeah, it's the new way, I guess. But... Yeah, just keep good records. Uh, I'm, I started on my uh, voice overview, loading it and trying to do better with it and keeping that up. And uh, I think that's going to help as far as knowing what's coming in. But on the going outside, um, I try to keep an Excel spreadsheet and put stuff in there every month, <clears throat> either off the receipt, off the debit card or whatever, just to have it. All the recurring expenses, you know, Adobe Adobe Audition every month and whatever I'm paying for music and whatever. So, yeah, you want to keep up with it. And like Will said, if you do it every month, it's a whole lot easier. Yeah. So other things you can write off, um, we talked about percentages of things. So if, say, for example, your studio, home office, is 15% of your house, then you can write off 15% of the electric bill. You can write off 15% of your gas bill, 15% of your mortgage. Um, although the mortgage might be a little bit different. You might have to do home depreciation, things like that. Um, but again, CPA, they'll, they'll get you sorted. Um, meals. If you, if you go out to you know a convention, a conference, um, you're taking a client out for coffee, stuff like that, you can deduct a portion of that. Um, if you're traveling, you can deduct your portion. Say you go, for example, uh, when I'm in Florida, if I were doing four hours or more of work per day, work activity, which that could just be sourcing you know, email contacts or whatever, it doesn't matter as long as it's work activity, I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to actually have a vacation. But if I did four hours per day, I could write off my half of the trip expense. Um, travel. Like Troy said, if, if you have to go to a location to record or for any other purpose for business, keep track of your mileage. There are standard deductions you can take. Um... Or you can you can also uh, you can also do depreciation of your vehicle, um, but in general, most people opt to do mileage because the mileage actually works out in your favor. Uh, the standard mileage deduction, let's see, for 2020 was 57 and a half cents per mile, and in 2021 is 56 cents per mile. That's going to add up quick. Um, Self-employment taxes. Eh. So here's the rub. If you work as a sole proprietor or an LLC sole proprietorship, um, you're going to pay whatever you pay in federal and state taxes plus an additional 15.3% self-employment tax. That covers Medicare and Social Security. You can avoid that. If instead of being an LLC or a sole proprietorship, you become incorporated and give yourself a paycheck, in which case the business pays 
the employment tax instead of paying self-employment tax, and that's lower, um, I believe. There's other, other benefits to that, too. I don't currently do that. I may do that at some point. Um, have to consult with a CPA. Right. Something to be aware of. Right. Yep, that's like if your knee hurts, go to the doctor. Yep. You know, you want to get your taxes and get yourself set up right, go see a CPA. That's what they do. Yep. And even just to figure out, like, okay, I'm starting this thing or I've been doing this thing and, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to minimize my tax liability, uh, you know, get advice from them because they'll be able to help you structure your business in a way that exposes it the least. And, you know, everybody wants to keep as much of the money that they earn as they can because, frankly, you should be able to keep all of it. That's my opinion. Yep. It's your money. You earned it. The That's right. didn't. That's right. That would be nice. Well, hopefully we've, we've passed along some tidbits and information and things that will help. And at least, you know, like we said, bottom line, go see a CPA. But there are a lot of things you need to be doing even before that, keeping up with expenses, keeping good records, uh, and that's on both sides, what you're making and what you're spending. Um, you know, most of these platforms will provide you some reporting mechanisms you can use. I know I print mine every month as far as what they have paid me for, and I try to keep up with it that way. And, and plus, it kind of gives you an indicator of how you're doing and, and all that. It's not a bad thing. But stay on top of it. Stay ahead and go get a CPA. Yeah. The bottom line is this is a business. You have to treat it like a business. If you don't, it's a hobby, and it will only ever be a hobby for you. And what do they say about hobbies and businesses? People who have a hobby lose money. People who run a business make money. We want you to make money. Yeah. Run your business. That's right. Make money. Make it a business. And it will give you more confidence uh, when you realize it is a business. And that, that day will hit you. Uh, it'll hit you when you get to a certain point and you say, you know, I got to start organizing. I got to start doing better. And uh, yeah, I hit that this this past month. I just said, I've, I don't want to get in the mess I was in to go get my taxes done where I'm gathering everything. I want to be prepared and I want to treat this thing right. And I want to be able to answer uh, mainly to myself. So, well, we hope we help somebody today. We hope we didn't bore you to death. And you know what? You get somebody give us a subject, we can talk about it for 30 minutes. We've proven that two weeks in a row, and by God, we'll do it again. <laughs> Everybody have a wonderful week as uh, Will prepares for vacation, and I prepare for mowing grass and pastures. And uh, it's time for old Tater to flop down and, and call, it, call it quits. It's been a long day. But Will, you and I shall talk very short. Yes, sir. All right. Everybody have a good one. The Voice Over Ladder is available on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Be sure and subscribe so you don't miss an episode, because we may drop one at any moment. Do we know what we're doing? <laughs> Not really. But we are learning and making progress one rung at a time as we all climb the VO Ladder. Thanks for listening to The Voice Over Ladder. This podcast is not instructional, but it's a conversational pile of opinions on what has or hasn't worked for some people. It's just advice, and nothing's guaranteed. And like life, you try some things out and you see what happens.
We do appreciate you listening, though, and look forward to your comments on our podcast and ideas you might have for future shows. And until then, keep on grinding.